Welcome to Interviews. My name is Laurent Autain. I'm a business coach on a quest to crack the entrepreneurship code. So I thought, why not talk to entrepreneurs and ask them the right questions? I make sure to alternate between a male and a female guest every week. I hope their answers will inspire you. This podcast is available on all your favorite platforms. If you enjoy it, there are three ways you can help me make it bigger. One, subscribe. Two, share your favorite episode on social media. Three, buy me a pizza. Blog on my website, laurentnotin.com slash podcast and click on the icon, buy me a pizza. Hi, thank you for joining interviews. Before I introduce my guest, I have an important announcement. Starting from now on, if you have any questions about entrepreneurship, please send them to me by email, contact at laurentnotin.com. And every week I will select a question and either answer it or ask my guest to answer it. And now, today I am with Sean Carnegie, Managing Director at Radioville in the UK. Hey, Sean, thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, well, thank you for having me, Laurent. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Cool. Well, let's start then. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Ah, my journey. Where do I begin? I take it you don't want to hear from when I was born. So, because no. <laughs> that'd be a long story. Yeah. Let me start. I'll start from maybe school. I'll start from school. So, I went to school. I did okay academically. I went to university and studied economics with law because I had ideas of becoming a corporate barrister. Um, graduated from university. And while I was looking for um, law firms to join or to apply to join um, a neighbor of mine ran a studio an audio post-production studio and he said while you're thinking about which firms to apply to law firms to apply to why don't you come and become a runner uh, at the studio fetching people's teas and coffees and that kind of stuff and getting their lunches um, and we'll pay you 50 pounds a day so this was at the early noughties taking home 50 pounds a day, 250 pounds a week when I was still living at home with my parents. It was nice. like winning the lottery. <laughs> yeah. so, so I did that for, I was only meant to do it for a couple of weeks. Um, I did it for six months and then six months became seven months and then seven months became a year. And I just kind of let my aspirations of becoming a lawyer fall by the wayside. And it's about a year into my career as a runner at Jungle Studios that... Um, uh, Radioville approached me because mm. um, they were clients of Jungles and they said, would you like to become an audio producer at Radioville, which is an audio creative agency. We make radio commercials and podcasts and uh, audio identity uh, strategy for brands. Um, anyway, so they approached me and said, would you like to become an audio producer? And I said, yeah, I'll give that a go. And once again, I still in the back of my mind, I did think mm, maybe I'll still want to become a corporate barrister. But then before I knew it, I was at Radioville for uh, 12 years. And then the management just asked me if I would like to become a shareholder in the business in around 2012. So I became a shareholder in the business. Then in 2018, um, uh, there was a management buyout. I bought out my partners. They exited the business. And since 2018, I've been driving it forward. Wow. So how many years in total in Radioville now? Coming this year will be 20 years. Oh, wow. 
It's very yeah. interesting the way you become an entrepreneur. You know, because you started an employee, then you got some yeah. shares, then you bought the yeah. business. So yeah. why why did you decide to buy the business and become an entrepreneur? Did nobody told you I, how difficult it is? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's difficult but exciting. Um, yeah. I, you know, like most people, I think, um, I became an entrepreneur um, by accident rather than by design. Mm. So the business for the first 16 years of my time at the business, it was incredibly profitable. Um, 2016, two, and, we, and we rode loads of challenging times, a couple of recessions, um, mm. the Brexit announcement, which had a negative impact on our business. Um, but yeah, so 2016, we saw our profit decline from the year before and that was the first time because up until that point more or less every year year on year our profit was going up um 2016 we still made a profit but it was less than a year before 2017 once again we still made a profit but it was less than a year before and i could see that if things continued the way they were the business would continue to decline mm. its in profitability and then would quickly become an unviable business uh, so 2018 Um, I sat my then partners down and I said, something needs to change. We need to change the way that the business operates. Um, and at that point, I only owned 10% of the business and my partners rem own the remaining 90%. And it felt that it, that wasn't a fair reflection. Um, that wasn't a, ref a, re a fair reflection on how much effort we were each putting into the business. Mm -hmm. So for me to only receive 10% for the amount of work I was doing didn't seem fair. So I sat, the, I sat my partners down and I said, what I think needs to happen is there needs to be a redistribution of the equity in the business so that I have more equity. Uh, also, we need to change the way that the business is structured. So we need to move most people to um, an, a freelance, Uh, relationship with mm. our business rather than them being on the payroll because that will help with the costs and that meant that I was asking them as the majority shareholders in the business to also move to a freelance model because that's what was in the best interest of the business and that was a difficult conversation to have because mm. they had both been at the business longer than I had They were drawing bigger salaries out of the business than I was. Um, and from a personal point of view, it wasn't in their interest for us to move to that, that working model. But it was in the interest of the business's viability and longevity. So they saw that and through numerous conversations and numerous dances <laughs> through the process, They, they realized that that's what uh, had to happen. So originally the plan was for them to reduce their shareholding um, and gradually move from being on the books to being freelancers. Um, but then when we spoke to our accountants, it transpired that if they were to step away from the business and sell their shares back to the business um, and not remain on the books, mm. they would be taxed a lot less Uh, than if they stayed in the business. So 
that kind of accelerate, accelerated right. them exiting the business. So yeah, so that's how it came about. So rather than being taxed at 32% on the income they derived from the sale of their shares, they were taxed at 10%. So it was a bit of a no brainer. So they stepped away from the business and um, I took over ownership. And that was wow. in August, 2018. So, so nearly two and a half years. Yeah, exa ex exactly. Uh, so, with you now uh, heading the business, where do you want to take it? What's what's the big dream? The big dream is to become the number one audio creative agency in the UK. Um, All right. And, and that involves not just doing radio commercials, but producing podcasts for brands and for podcasters, and also helping podcasters monetize their podcast as well. Because, as everyone knows, well, I'm sat on a podcast here. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, it's um, the, the numbers of people listening to podcasts on a weekly basis is growing exponentially. Um, and I think there's, there's a rush, there's a bit of a gold rush in terms of how do podcasters start seeing and making a living from the podcast in the same way that you see YouTubers have, have made a success of it, I think podcasters making money from their content is the next step for most of them mm. so we've got relationships with loads of big brands we've got relationships with loads of the podcast platforms so it makes sense for us to branch out into that space um, and something that I am actively um, pursuing more of is forming strategic partnerships with other agencies so that mm. I can go to my clients and say there's an alternative to you retaining a big full service agency that's costing you tens of thousands of pounds a month in their services. When in fact, for your commercial objectives and your communication objectives, you only need a, a handful, maybe two or three agile agencies, smaller agencies to come together and create you a virtual large agency for you to be able to deliver on your objectives at a much lower cost. So that's something else that's changed since I took over ownership mm. of the business is mm. a more proactive approach to forming strategic partnerships that are in the benefit of our clients. Yeah, so building an ecosystem, right? It's, it's, I've, I've heard that more, more and more. Actually, this is what myself I'm trying, I'm trying to do, uh, finding partners and building an ecosystem because I don't necessarily want to grow too big. And I don't necessarily want to have too many staff, or maybe not. <laughs> but it seems it seems that it is it is kind of the, the 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 enterprise of the future. Like you reduce the cost to the to the to the minimum, but at the same time, because you build an ecosystem, you become very more, more agile, right? Yeah, but yet you also benefit, or the client also benefits from expertise in whatever field it needs help in, rather than going to a, a really large. Um, network agency that mm. perhaps doesn't have the same attention to detail and creativity when it comes to different media channels. Um, one of the reasons why Radioville has done as well as it has over the years is because some of the large brands that work, have worked with us in the past and continue to work with us is because they don't get the same level of creativity audio creative and audio production from their full service larger agency than they do from someone like us, which is a specialist. Because all we do day in, day out is finely tune our craft 
to produce the best creative and the best out audio output for our clients. You know, we're not distracted by mm. anything else. So you're very yeah, special. You're focused. very specialized. Yeah, yeah, we're really focused. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. And you, because it's completely different from you know those the other big agencies like which want to provide this three hundred and sixty service. You, on the yeah. contrary, you said no. We're going to yeah. do one thing, but we're going to do one thing very greatly, right? Exactly. That's exactly it. And we have dabbled in other channels because what we pride ourselves on is our ideas. And our, our ideas over the years have been taken from radio and used in other channels for our mm. brands mm. and for our clients. So our clients have seen the value in some of our creative thinking to such an extent that in the past we've produced TV commercials for our clients. Only a handful of clients, but nonetheless, they've, we've once again, we pulled in um, production services from TV production companies, uh, but they've realized our scripts and our creative development. Right. Um, but yeah, we decided to, how many years ago? Was it probably about five years ago? we decided that uh, we would go back to our niche and our focus and just go back to the basics, which is creating awesome audio creative for our brands. I like, I like what you say, go back to the basics, because so, so many times I see that with a company is growing, they lose focus. And one of the reasons is because they lose track of you know, the, the reasons why they were created, their the why. And they need to go back to the basics, which is what you did, right? Yeah. So there was, yeah, there's yeah. there's value. There's I mean, there, you are an example of it works apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it does, it does. Um, and that's not to say we can't have input in other areas of a client's strategy, yeah. because you know, creative thinking is creative thinking. It could be problem solving, it could be communications, you know, they all require a creative mind, you know? And so we can still apply our creativity to other areas, but our core focus, our main business objective is around delivering great audio content for our brands, for our clients. Right, and that is why you need to go back to the basics. Right, to, exactly. be, to be, so you want to become super good at what you do. Like this is what we're yeah, saying earlier. Yeah. yeah. And audio is exploding. You know, we mm. only have to look at the increased use and the smart speakers in people's homes and how much search, online search now is done by voice rather than being typed. Mm. Um, I know Google are investing tens of millions of, of pounds annually developing their voice capabilities and the audio, the audio side of their business. Um, yeah, audio, I'm, I'm very confident that audio is, is the future in many ways. Mm. Unlike other channels, um, you can do other things whilst listening to the radio. It's very difficult for you to, to watch TV whilst doing something else pr um, properly. But True. the radio is you know, you can and say that well, audio is different. It's not just radio; it's podcast. Mm. You know, you could be cook, you could be cooking whilst listening to the radio mm -hmm. or listening to a podcast. You know, you could be driving while listening to the radio, mm. listening to a podcast. Mm. Yeah, so it affords brands a wider range of opportunities that they don't find elsewhere. Cool. 
Let's go back to your entrepreneurship journey. Yeah. Yeah. Are you are you hooked? On a scale one ho- hooked, yeah, on a scale one to ten. <laughs> how how hooked are you? Uh, <laughs> I would say from day to day it varies. But let's say let's say the average. Let's say the average is is a seven. A seven, seven out of ten. And, and ten being, yeah, seven, ten being. Oh my God, this is just fantastic! I can't get enough of this entrepreneurial ride. Um, and one being, I want out immediately. Okay, so if, okay. If those are the two ends of the spectrum, I would say I'm about a seven. And I think I, I struggle with coming out of the um, technician role. So, you know, there's three aspects to any one person, I think, in business. There's three, there's three main categories of role. You've got the technician who does the work. You've got the manager who manages the technician. And then you've got the entrepreneur who's got the vision. Mm. Right? And I think I, I find it difficult at times to stop being a tech, the technician. You know, I, I feel I'm quite hands-on and I think for me to ramp up my uh, entrepreneurial school, so to speak, to, to yeah. the point where I'm edging towards 10, I think I need to delegate more and spend more time doing some of the vision piece, you know, the, the bigger strategy piece and the bigger, okay, after this, what next? After mm. that, what next? You know, mm. which I think some people who have got more of an entrepreneurial instinct, they've got more of that. You know, once they've once they've done one project or one, they've got one business off the ground and it's producing goods or delivering on, on profitability, they want to find the next one mm. and the next one. And yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say that I'm one of those. I, I, I've got a vision, whereas I see where, where I want to see the business get to. I've got a vision as to where I want to see my life get to mm. and I do is driven in the pursuit of those things. It's not driven in the pursuit of, okay, once I've achieved that with Radioville, what am I doing next? Mm. The business coach is, in me is like, whoa, excellent conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you been able to transition from this technician role to entrepreneur? Uh, so what, are, what are some of the concrete uh, tips that you can give to audience. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the best place person to. I'm, I'm a new, you know. I'm yeah. I'm new. I'm new to the entrepreneurial journey. Uh, when I was at school, I think I think I always had a slight, what we call in London, a bit of a hustle, mm. you know, because from a young age, from my early teens, um, I would buy sweets. <laughs> from from a shop and then sell them in school with a margin and make make extra pocket money. <laughs> um, so I've always had a little bit of a hustle, but I still struggle to see myself as an entrepreneur. Um, but okay, so your question was how have I transitioned from technician uh, to entrepreneur? I would yeah. say it's an ongoing process. And what I found useful is setting aside time as much as possible every day, setting aside time in the day where I've blocked out a chunk where I don't do any of the day-to-day work. Mm. And that time is spent in working on the business and 
doing tasks and achieving objectives that in pursuit of the longer term vision. So that time could be um, forming strategic partnerships. It could be coming up with new services that my agency could provide to clients. It could be coming up with marketing collateral for the business. Um, so it's, it's that stuff which is um, working on my processes within the business. Or it's, it's that stuff that I time box. So I try and do it every day. I don't always, I don't always succeed. Sometimes, you know, a call from a client early on in the morning can derail that whole ambition of, you know, working on the business. But I try and do it as much as possible every day. Mm. I try and block out an hour to 90 minutes every day. Sometimes that's not within the business day. Sometimes I get up early and do it before the world wakes up. Um, sometimes I do it afterwards after my daughter's gone to bed, but I try as much as possible to dedicate some time every day to not doing the work in the business, but working on the business instead. Most entrepreneurs need to learn selling. That was Joshua Schulman, sales trainer from Schulman Communications Interactive LLC on interviews episode number 10. I could not agree more. You could have the best product or service in the world. If you don't sell it, you have zero business. Selling comes with the job of being an entrepreneur. And many entrepreneurs start a business because they are an expert in their fields. They saw an opportunity and took a leap of faith. They often fail to realize they also need to perform at sales because they see it as something the least comfortable. It doesn't have to be that way. You're not born a salesperson. You become one. That's the good news because you can learn what sales is really about. It's a lot easier than what you think. On March 4th, I'll be moderating a workshop that will teach you the seven key sales fundamentals every entrepreneur should master. I invited a sales coach, Ellen Atherton, the founder of Two Summit Up, to share a 20-year sales experience. Ellen's been supporting entrepreneurs in their quest to generate more sales for nearly five years. Register now to the workshop, The 7 Key Sales Essentials for Entrepreneurs. It's on March 4, 2021, starting at 2 p.m. GMT. More information and registration on my website, laurentnotin.com Yeah, sorry, sorry, go on, Laurent. No, 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 I, I was about to say it's a great recommendation. That's actually a recommendation that I give to my clients too, making sure yeah. that you spend that time. Otherwise, you get your head against the wall and you're gone. You can't see anything else but, but the wall. Yeah. And so moving forward, uh, you said, so let's imagine you want to transition from the uh, scale, you're on a scale, you're on a seven out of 10, you want to go to, the, to that 10, right? <laughs> what do you need to do? You mentioned, you mentioned, for, you mentioned uh, delegating more. Mm. Uh, is, mm. there, is there, what, what sort of things do you need to delegate? And is there anything else that you see you should be, you should be doing? Yeah. Um, well, I'm not sure I ever want to get to 10. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that question is a little difficult for me to answer but let, let's assume I want to get to nine say yes and um and the reason why I would like to get to nine is um it would free up more time for me to do things outside of work that 
give me pleasure. You know, that could be from doing more yoga or mm. spending more time with my family and what have you. Um, so that's why it'd be good um, to peel away from doing as much of the doing work as I'm currently doing. Um, so the stuff I could delegate are, you know, it's any, any of the admin stuff that I get tied up doing, you know, the invoicing, the chasing invoices, um, what I, what our work, the way our workflow is, there's a briefing normally, mm. and then, so we get briefed from the client, then we brief in our creatives, then there's a presentation to the client, then there's a studio, and then after the studio, we send it out to the stations, and then there's the job reconciliation. So what I could do is pull myself out of some of those stages. So establishing the relationship with a new client, I think is really important. So maybe mm -hmm. I will continue to be involved in that stage. Um, and then I can, when the briefing is going on with the creators, maybe I don't need to be involved in that as much. So I can just leave that to some of my team. And, uh, and likewise in the studio, I don't need to attend every single session that goes on. But I love the creative process. That's my problem. I love the stage. <laughs> yeah. you know? So, but yeah, there's, um, yeah, some of the day-to-day -day doing of the work that I could delegate. There's, you know, I've got good, I've got some great people that I work with and um, I've got no lacking in confidence in their ability to deliver, I suppose. Mm. I'm just, a, I just find it difficult to relinquish control, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I was, <laughs> yeah. I, I was yeah. about to ask you, why is it not happening? <laughs> Yeah, Still, the, coach, yeah. the coach in me is, is talking right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, maybe I've got control issues, Laurel. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a bit of a control freak. <laughs> but, you know, it's very interesting what you're saying because all of the things you mentioned, it's so true. There's a lot of value here. You're saying that for every entrepreneur out there, and this is something that I see with a lot of my clients and a lot of other entrepreneurs, usually we know what we need to do, but somehow... We don't make it happen. And maybe it's because yeah, we, we want to control, we're afraid, or we're afraid of letting go. We don't trust also other other people. Mm. But hey, I would say the best way to do it is just to do it. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. it's not gonna change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, one of um yeah, one of my I'm so lucky in that I've got I've got a bank of really strong, successful mentors that mm. I can speak to. And one of them said to me not too long ago, he said, action is better than motivation. Mm -hmm. So he, we were having a conversation and he said, what do you think is more important, motivation or action? I said, well, you, without motivation, you can't have any action. And he said, but what about the days when you're not feeling motivated? Are you not gonna do anything? <laughs> and then it was, wow, yeah. Action is so much more important than, than motivation. And I think I, I've been waiting, Jenna, to your point about just doing it. Mm. I've been waiting for something to happen that motivates me to make a change. Mm. You know, what I need to do is just, just do it. I just need to find a way to, yeah, to just yeah. let go. Exactly, Tony Robbins talk about uh, moving versus achieving, I think. Well, you know, moving is just like you're being busy, just doing yes. moving <laughs> and without achieving anything while achieving is exactly what you what you're saying is 
like achieving concretely doing doing some stuff and at the end of the day you can say well they can list the things that you have done <laughs> you know yeah yeah well this is it and uh, i think i think tony robbins also said um there's um positive there's positive there's a difference between positive a positive mind and positive action you know mm. you can have positive mental attitude uh, and I think one of the examples is, you know, you can go into you can go into your garden and, and say there are no weeds, there are no weeds in my garden, there are no weeds in my garden. But you go out there and you'll see there are, there are weeds in your garden. Yeah. Positive action says, right, I'm going to go into my garden and I'm going to rip up those weeds. <laughs> and, uh, it's that distinction between positive attitude and positive action. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, are there any other key lessons that you have learned in your short entrepreneurship journey that you would like to share with others or big mistakes that you have made and you <laughs> would recommend others? <laughs> um, I, thankful, thankfully, well, this is it. You know, it goes back. I've, I've been quite risk averse. Mm. So I've not made any big mistakes yet, but I'm sure they will come. So I've been quite fortunate in that. Well, I've been... I wonder if I had taken more risk, I would have been further along in my journey. I'm not sure, time will tell. Um, in terms of, yeah, what I touched on already, build, try and build a network of support from people who are more experienced than you. Mm -hmm. that's, that's my recommendation. That could be in the form of a business coach. I'm not plugging you, Laurent, by the way. <laughs> but, but it could be in the form of a business coach or friends or relatives or because it can be lonely, you know, out there mm -hmm. when you're yes. when you're you own the business and you're at the top of the organization, it can be a lonely place. So and we don't it's not there's no shame in asking for advice or asking for help. So Build a network of people whose advice you trust. Um, try and find that time in the day to spend working on the business and not just doing the doing. And that when I say doing the doing, I mean even managing people. Mm -hmm. That's you know that's that's part of doing the do. Um, so yeah, try and find time in the day when you're working on the business. Um, and find a way to get better at delegating. Um, and I've read a lot more in the last year than I had done in, <laughs> I've read more in the last year than I think I read in the previous 10 or 15 years. Um, Interesting. So, so, so acquire, yeah, acquire knowledge, you know. Um, yeah. Well, that's, so that's great. Does that, does that, does that, right, I think so I went on a bit of a waffle. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's excellent. It's very practical. It's, uh, it's really interesting to hear your, your experience as an early entrepreneur, but also moving yeah. from transitioning from that, uh, you as a technician to you as an entrepreneur and what yeah. it has forced you to do on the way. Yeah. What are you the most uh, proud of? My daughter. My daughter, I would say. Um, yeah, she is. She has been such a. I know we talked about motivation not being mm. as important as action, but she is my motivation for a lot of what I do and how hard I work. How hard I work. Um, um, and I, I'm proud of my decision to take over ownership of the business because 
I could have stepped away. I could have walked away from the business and got a job somewhere else. But mm. I'm proud of the confidence and the bravery that it took to say, you know what? No, I, I, I can. Let, let me have a go at running this ship. Let me have a go at driving the ship. Mm. Um, and yeah, yeah. So I'm proud of my decision to to have a stab at this entrepreneurial lark. <laughs> nice. So if I had the ability to grant you one wish and you could change you could change one thing in your business now what would it be it would be i think to have more retained clients right. um so yeah so clients that pay us uh, a regular monthly fee because i think with having that regular income it would afford us the ability to plan further ahead Mm. Isn't it the wish of every business? <laughs> you, you asked me for you asked me for a wish. <laughs> yeah, no, great, great. <laughs> I'm not I'm not judging, but I know what you're saying. It is it is important. Yeah. All right. So la last question. You mentioned that you read a lot of books in the past year. What books would you yeah. recommend? The E Myth. That is one that I think every budding entrepreneurs should read. I think it's mm -hmm. by Michael Gerber. Um, another book which I found incredibly valuable is a book called Triggers by Marshall Goldsmith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are the two that I've read. I Another book which, is, which I've not read yet, but every single person who has read it has said, Stop whatever you're reading at the moment and read this book, which I'm about to say. It's called Atomic, ha uh, Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. Uh, James Clear. Yeah. So that's a third one that I, I've, which I've not read, but every single person <laughs> who I mentioned that book to says, "What? You haven't read it? Stop whatever <laughs> you're doing. Stop whatever you're doing and read that book." So those are the three I would recommend. Excellent. How can people contact you? Uh, at Sean at radioville.co.uk S-E-A-N at radioville.co.uk and Instagram and I'm on LinkedIn all that kind of stuff all right well thank you very much Sean for your time today thank you Lauren thanks for inviting me it's been a pleasure yes and uh, thank you all for listening If you like this podcast and would like to show your support, you can now buy me a virtual pizza because I love pizzas. So simply log on my website, laurentnotat.com slash podcast and click on the icon, buy me a pizza. You can't miss it. See you next time. Bye-bye.